Welcome to the family with our very special guest. Do I gotta say my name? <laughs> Nothing feels more welcoming than. No, no, no. I, I want to hear David Huntsberger. I'll say you happy, you big baby. No, it's just a lot of people like to say their own name. They do? Well, you know, Lev was just here. I don't know if you don't love her if you ever met him or not. Very, very fun guy. But, but that's not a name you want to just leave. Mm. Fear. Yeah. I mean, oh, and I used to substitute teach, and I, I prided myself on guessing names mm-hmm. correctly, but you can't wait if you're going through and you, you have a cadence like. Oh, yep. and I would I would choose looking at the class like today I'm gonna go first names these seem easier and I'd be like Benjamin, <laughs> Stacy, Jamie. So if you go at that pace, you can't suddenly go oh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta just That's guess. Very true. And there was a girl one time, so I switched over to her last name. Um, <clears throat> her last name is G N O C, but the first was B I C H, and I go, I do the thing oh, like man. Benjamin, <laughs> Jamie. Um, Last name Knock, and she goes here. Yoke. And I go, "What's your first name?" She goes, "Just call me Knock." <laughs> <laughs> we will be right back and introduce everybody else right after this with the family. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville—Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda—encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road, if you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. How did you know this is my, one of my favorite songs? I know world? you like Nirvana, so do <laughs> I. Love Nirvana, man. Always like Nirvana. Dude, I remember actually when Kurt Cobain killed himself, and I don't know why this even was, but I was in my car, and uh, and I don't even know, I don't know what I was listening to or whatever, but Rush Limbaugh came on and started criticizing Kurt Cobain, and I thought. Is that even in your wheelhouse? Yeah. How does Kurt Cobain fit in with Rush Limbaugh? (laughs) Saying things that make people tune in is what is in his That's what it's all about. But yeah, he just kept going on and on about what a moron Kurt Cobain was and a horrible human being. He was just really upset that there wouldn't be a new Nirvana album. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what about, you know, come on, I need more. All apologies, I need that again. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was a weird thing hearing him railing on Kurt Cobain, though. It's Even if you were a huge Rush Limbaugh fan, is that what you want to hear? Yeah, for real. I don't real. even know who the hell he is, I wouldn't think. Right, yeah. His listeners, I doubt very <laughs> much. Listen to the alternative, 97.1. Here's some Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't quite be as good. David, yeah. things are good. 
Good to be here. The weather's phenomenal. It is. Crowds have been fun. It's, I love it here. It's a great club. Mm-hmm. Except for Brandon. <laughs> no, Brandon's a prince. Time. Brandon's a prince. You are kind of a prince. I thought he was going to say Brandon's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. No, yeah. yeah, Brandon's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Are there, you know what, I've never asked that question. I'd be the first person I ask it. Are there, like, club managers that are pricks and really hard to work with? Oh, yeah. i got to believe it's true, <laughs> Absolutely. like every other job, right? I was at one recently. Oh, God, now nah, I'm going to butcher this joke. This is the first thing this dude at this club said. Uh, he, he comes in and tells a story where he goes, a cop show up at my house, and... Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to think. This is roughly it. The cops show up at my house. They knock on my door. I come to the door. The cops say, "Hey, we're here and um, here and we're here about a rape." And I looked at the cops and I said, "When do you want me to do it?" And that was, that was the first thing he said to me. I was like, "Okay, okay man." Okay. Well, thank you. And that then, rape humor is right down there, right in my wheelhouse. Good to meet you, man. How are you? There was this guy Pete. I don't know if he's still around. If he's listening, I'm nervous. But he hasn't like done a club in a long time. But at Houston, the Laugh Stop used to be amazing. Hedberg did records there. Like Stanhope recorded one there. It was a pretty. Hopping oh, place for a while. The scene Houston was really was great. Phenomenal. It I mean, was great. Sam Kinison came out of there. And yeah, Bill so Hicks. I mean, Bill Hicks, obviously. And this dude Pete, everyone said like he's got a plate in his head. That's why he's like that. He would be oh. the nicest dude, oh, no. and then out of nowhere, and it wasn't even alcohol related. He would just oh. suddenly start being like, "I could roundhouse kick your head off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Weird things like that. Got too close to the the magnets. Is that what happened? Yeah. yeah. So oh, everyone man. would be like, "I don't know if I want to keep working Houston." And then you do some shows, and like the crowds were fantastic. The show, oh, yeah. was, the stage was great, and then you'd have to deal with him and be like, "Yeah," and he would say things just out of nowhere, like. I may or may not have bodies buried somewhere. <laughs> Here's your money. Like, yeah. Don't count it before you live. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, that would be a little. So he's managing a, whose idea was that? He, he owned it, man- too. Oh, he owned it. Yeah. Okay, well, there, I understand. So when he was in a good mood, he wanted to own a comedy club. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of the time, not so much. Right. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That is, a, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. is Houston still as hot as it was? I no. mean, as far as being comedy. It's cool. It's, it's it, having a rebirth with, like, yeah, these okay. these young kids. The, the comedy has kind of changed from where you would do – and this still has kind of a traditional structure. A lot of cities aren't like this where you do open mic, you kind of get your foot in the door opening. You do other clubs around the area opening. Most other cities now, it's kind of – they start their own scene. They do a show. They invite in headliners or people they like mm-hmm. to kind of build a show around that. And then they throw festivals, and then they do little tours where three people you've never heard of – Go do the same thing in another city, like at a little festival or whatever. Really? Yeah. And so the scene in Houston now is kind of this place called, I mean, they still have the improv, which is huge, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a big gap between people that can fill 2,000 seats over oh, a weekend. Yeah. And yeah. then these little, they have the secret group TX, which is great. It's like a multi-space venue. So if you're drawing 50 tickets, you can do okay there. Oh, and then good. if you're doing two or 300, you can fill that too. Wow, that's great. That's yeah. a great idea. But they're all young kids that are just psyched about comedy, so they're really on the side of the comedians. Really, it's awesome. It's cool to see and like very different than The Laugh Stop, which was great, but right. again, you had to right. deal with like someone who seemed like a burned-out prison warden or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. I We, uh, in, in the winter, spent, spent some time at the, the uh, West Palm Beach Improv, mm-hmm. and that's one of those rooms. It's like, what are there like two thousand seats in here, yeah, it's and huge. everybody's having dinner? Yeah, it's, it's got a. Is that? Oh yeah, I mean a lot of rattling cups. That's and, why we don't do. Yeah, food I don't art. blame you. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, people are gross enough without food. Well, <laughs> I, that's true. I did that one with uh, Chad Daniels recently, and he did it on I want to say like a Wednesday night, so kind of an off night, uh, and it was yeah, you could hear the plates and silverware rattling, but overall, uh, it was great. I mean, he you were like, here at the West Palm. West Palm, yeah. Were you? Mm-hmm. Damn. I haven't seen Chad in a while. Oh, really? No, it's been a while. I think, he's the best. I think he's mad at me because, he's not mad at me, but he's just avoiding me because my wife told, uh, what's his name? His buddy. Oh, what the hell's his name? He's, I got a, he's a great guy, but Catherine, he got oh, into a Cy? battle. Oh, Cy? Yes, Cy Amundsen, yeah. My wife and Cy got in a battle, so Chad hasn't talked to me. Oh, while. really? <laughs> my, I, I'm married to this magnificent woman. She's a great woman, but she loves, yeah, really, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's just how she is. Yeah. And Cy took that very personally, I think. No, Cy, I tell you what, 
uh, seven years ago. I stopped drinking like six and a half years ago. Yeah. So I was the very first person that came and gave me a hug and said, hey, man, you need anything. So I mm. think the world is high. Mm-hmm. And Chad, too. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's just one of those deals, man. You pissed off Catherine. That's, you're on your own. <laughs> I'm not helping. You. Good luck to you. I ain't helping you with that one. Yeah, it was over some, I don't know. He, he, we used to have two studios in the old place. And he was using one of them. He left it a mess or something. And she had a fit about oh. one of those deals. But no, Chad, <laughs> Chad has been unbelievable to, over the years too. Mm. The whole he, scene here is great. It's a bummer to hear there's any sort of rift. This seems like a very yeah, I don't think there repairable one. Is. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh-huh. It'll be fine. Like, well, when Chad first started coming on, God, well, the podcast started seven years ago. So back then, our daughter. To call it, I call it the family because my daughter and, and, and wife are usually here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Andy, of course, is my son. But Chad would pick on our daughter. It was, it was fun. <laughs> God, would he pick on her a lot. It was just, I loved watching it. Yeah. You know, he's a very funny guy. His, I mean, his daughter, I see him with <clears throat> her and her friends and just busting their chops a little bit. So there's yeah. a certain style to do that. You can't just be some dude who has no kids. Like, hey, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not be good. No, Dad's you're right. Like, that's... What the hell are you doing? Hey, this is funny. A child. Yeah, great. That's <laughs> that's really terrific. So that's cool. So when were you in West Palm? That was in like March, late February, March, something was it? like that. Mm-hmm. Damn it. I wish I'd have known. Were you down there then? Yeah. Oh, man. God, I wish I'd have known that. I got to keep my eyes open. Yeah. Once in a while. Yeah, like Brian Callum was there the last time I went. I would, and now Brian Christ, they, was he on TV like five times a day now with that Goldberg <laughs> thing? Jesus, that show's on a lot. He plays the oh, coach. Oh, so, oh, I know it. Well, I heard yeah. good things about the show. Yeah, but yeah, then they did that spinoff show that he. Oh, there's a spinoff too. Okay. Yeah, where one of the girls, it, it's in the '90s now. Oh, but it he's is. Still the. Uh, he's still a basketball coach. Schooled. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's called Schooled. <clears throat> yeah. He's on TV constantly now. Yes. Which is good. I mean, he always was with like. Uh, what the hell is the name of it? Oh, the worst. What was it? America's worst, or what was it? Oh, the world's oh. dumbest criminals. Was oh. on that? Or world's dumbest. World's, yeah. world's dumbest. Whatever the topic world's it was. Dumbest. Oh yeah, God, that exactly show was right. funny. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. I, it, but yeah, well, if you, I, you think you'll be back next? You'll be coming next winter again? Yeah, hopefully. Gotta hope so. Yeah, gotta, that'd be fun. I, I gotta keep my eyes open because I'd love to come over and see you guys over there. I mean, it's a really nice club. It's mm-hmm. a great club, but it is noisy because it's so big and people are always. Yeah, can I have another beer? (laughs) You know, the hack's on right now. Yeah. Better if you didn't yell out, but... I did a show in Watertown, South Dakota, like a month ago, that this guy set up who listened to another podcast I was on. And I'm like, hey, man, I see you're doing Denver. Watertown's not that far away. And I was like, if you can set it up, I'll come do this. Well, and then terrific. It was great. Little yeah. small town, like 20,000 people, and they put a lot of effort into it, and it was kind of like a big deal that someone was coming in from out of town. And uh, there was a dog that hung out in the bar, that was, and it came up on stage. <laughs> it was amazing. Nothing feels more comforting. Like I, I don't, It wouldn't matter how the show was going. There was just a dog leaning against you. <laughs> like, everything is fine. I have and no then, problem with this. But the bartender, and I don't know if he was doing it kind of as a gag or just to show, like, I'm not a showbiz type. I don't know how yeah. this works. He would walk out from behind the bar over to people's tables and take their orders at about this volume oh, every no. time. But he was doing it a very sweet like I'm just yeah. kind of an old guy kind of yeah. way, so I couldn't bust his chops. But it is a weird thing when you hear that. Yeah, no, it's very odd. <laughs> yeah, like you've is... never ordered a drink before. I have two Bud Lights. <laughs> 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 just trying to make a point, man. That's all. You get those yeah. electronic touchpad things where you can order your drinks at your yeah. Mm-hmm. At comedy is... clubs. That'd what? Be nice. it, that that? Ha- no, they should have that in well, comedy. It's probably club. a little spendy for a comedy club, don't you think? I I don't I don't well, know how expensive not. they are. I have no idea. Has the Draft House made its way out here yet? Yes, we have one in Woodbury. Those are great. And what, those. So when I was in draft? Austin, that was the big deal to go to see a movie at the Draft House because you put a piece oh, of paper. Yeah. So it's not quite the touchpad, but they oh, run by and just grab yeah, it off. Yeah, the Alamo Draft oh, cool. House. Yeah, okay. great place. because so, yeah, you'll hear a little bit of crunching and people ordering food and drinks, but they keep it as quiet as possible. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's like stage crew members running by, <laughs> dressed all order. in black. Yeah, they grab it off and try to duck down, and they sprint away, and then they just come back with whatever you ordered. It's pretty, pretty That's great. Cool. Yeah, I'm One surprised thing. they don't do that at comedy clubs. Something of that nature, yeah. just to kind yeah. of keep the volume down in the crowd so it doesn't interrupt the mm-hmm. set. See the movie thing with the people talking. Yeah, I just mentioned the lovely Catherine, my (laughs) wife. uh, My wife, uh, 
when we're in movies and people start talking, and I think it's because I'm a bigger guy, she feels comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but she literally, if they talk, she goes, shh, like that. Mm-hmm. And then they talk in. She stands up and goes, shut the fuck up. It's like, okay. Well, apparently I'm going to be getting in a little tussle here one of these days. And I'm like, okay, honey. you got to fight her fights or mouth you got to beat the shit out of people because my wife told me to shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's like, okay, honey, thanks. But let's not. A lot of people have guns now. Let's yeah. not do that. This what is a you? weird tangent, but have you read Babbitt by Sinclair Lewis? Yes. From this area? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. there's the guy, his, his buddy, Paul. Paul in the book, his wife is exactly like that. Like charges up to the front of a line, yeah, yeah. let us in. And like you were at the back of the line. Listen, my husband's gonna. And you're like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's where he probably where she got it. Yeah. <laughs> think of it. She That's where she got model. the whole idea. <laughs> just reading like I like this lady. Uh, you don't hear Sinclair Lewis brought up much. That's a Minnesota gem right there. Yeah. yeah. It's that, a Palmer that, House. That's uh, what Sauk Center, Sauk Rapids. What it's is Sock it? Center, Sock Center. Yeah. And the Palmer House is right on Sinclair. Right. It is. Yeah. Lewis Sinclair Boulevard or Road or something like that. Was it Our Town? Was that his biggest book? That's Main Street was big. Main Street, Our Town. There you go. Our Town was somebody else. I guess he spent a lot of time at the Palmer House. You mean drinking? I don't know. He's I think author. he wrote there. <laughs> he lived I think a charming life. I yeah. mean, he really his house in Duluth I've seen is yeah. incredible. Yeah. And then he traveled, spent a lot of time in Europe. He had to have one of those lives where like, I think I'll be going to Europe for a bit. Sit on my ass and do nothing. Yeah. But that's one great thing about being a writer. You can go anywhere you want. Yeah. That's huge. And I read in that when he was putting together Babbitt, he wanted to do like a seven-book series that all kind of combined it. Yeah. J.D. Salinger had a similar idea for – and remember like they released The Vault years ago and no one talked about it? I think there was maybe some weird shit in there. Because yeah, he was maybe. a guy that had like some scandalous stuff following him. And I think yeah. like, he wrote some stuff, and his family was like, let's just burn this. <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of that. Just but, burn it. Be but Sinclair it. Lewis wanted to have that big, like, universe under Game of thrones and he would go – I think he went to Kansas or Iowa, or he just went to small towns and just took notes. You just follow people around and like, hey, well, can I see what you do all day? And then he had just copious amounts of notes and journals based on everyone's life and what they did. So when you're reading Babbitt, it does feel like that. Like, you are a teacher, by the way. <laughs> only teachers only teachers say copious notes <laughs> the only time I've ever heard that is from a teacher the only word copious only gets associated with notes it's yeah, like, right. your appetite oh it's voracious voracious right. copious copious voracious whatever it is it'll all work out in the end no I, I see that's I find that fascinating we were just talking about um you know, Mark Twain is getting raked over the coals because he drops the big N in his books. Mm-hmm. Yet F. Scott Fitzgerald from St. Paul, Minnesota, does as well, but he doesn't get raked over the coals for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Why do you think that is, JB? Why is that? What? Well, what are you, were you sleeping? <laughs> no. Was, you were sleeping. I was in deep thought. Well, what, what are you thinking about? Uh, some work stuff. In other words, you're dating tonight? Is that the plan? No. No, no, that ain't happening. I thought you were with some uh, woman now. That ain't happening. Okay, never no. mind. As we move on to another... Well, why don't we take a break Ix right day. here? Ix day, off day. day. That was like a press conference. Yes, where, it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Hey, what, exactly uh, what about right. these uh, performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs allegations? Uh, that's over with. <laughs> <laughs> he did kind of do that, didn't he? That, that we'll right happening. Back. We'll be right back. <laughs> David Unsberger in studio. Tonight, tomorrow night, two shows, a matter of fact. We'll be right back. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Vilsky. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. What do you got? Not exactly rocking out, huh? Oh, this is Radiohead. They know how to rock out. When are you going to Crypticon? <laughs> uh, Pat, I think we're going to make an appearance. Dave's doing a panel tomorrow, I believe, at like 2-something with Doug Bradley. And then he's out. at 6 o'clock uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I think Dave's doing his panel at or Dave, his yeah. talk that he does about ghost hunting and the paranormal. At Cassie's like husband has a, has a show on the Travel Channel starting with October 3rd. October Sweet. 3rd. Called The Holzer Files, which they delve into the cases of the famous paranormal investigator Hans Holzer, who... <laughs> I thought it was like, hey, I got a file tip, you Holzer. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hans Holzer. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Holzer he was... <laughs> Hey, Holzer. <laughs> That's very funny. Well, they do a lot of East Coast <laughs> stuff, so I don't know. Uh, but, no... <laughs> oh, God, I'm picturing be... Rick, Rick Moranis right in my head. Yeah, I know, right? He's got the stocking oh, cap God. on. <laughs> <laughs> no, God. but no, Hans Holzer was kind of like the first paranormal investigator that filmed his stuff. So they had, you know, have footage. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah. he was kind of like the first TV para, uh, paranormal investigator. And they would do documentary. Mm-hmm. They'd put into documentaries and stuff. But yeah, they're going back to old case files that were never really followed up on because he passed away. And actually, Hans Holzer was the la- very last interview he did before he passed away was with Dave. Oh, I didn't on know that. On Darkness Radio, yeah. I didn't know that. Her husband's got like two radio shows and a TV show. Three. He works eight days Three a week. Three now? <laughs> well, he's got Midnight in the Desert, oh, Monday right, through yeah. Friday, yeah. 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Central. And then he does Beyond the Darkness on Saturday and Sundays. And then he's got True Crime Tuesday. Oh, that's Tuesday. right. Yeah, every Tuesday, I forgot about that. He's always he's working. He's got the TV show going. And is he the TV always show. finding ghosts? Or is no. it all paranormal things? Is it all ghost-related or just Oh, it's everything? just UFO, anything anomalous, uh-huh. fringe-type stuff. That's what he does. So Interesting. But the show itself is concentrated on ghost hunting and ghosts and spirits and stuff and hauntings mm-hmm. of these uh, places. So. I cool. never had the, any of those experiences. Never. Yeah. I must be boring as shit. Well, it's <laughs> weird. That's how I feel. Not even I'm like, ghosts. I'm ready. Come on. Nah, <laughs> well, it's weird because, yeah, like, we're. Too. Just picture the ghost, like, you guys seeing this? <laughs> no, I'll I'm pass. not seeing it. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> get, get rebuffed by ghosts. Hey. <laughs> well, the majority of the experience that I've had is at the Palmer House. No, oh, you've had experiences? Oh, I've had many. I didn't know that. Yeah. Look, I don't get one. I know. Well, you got to go yeah, out. Really you got to leave the house, Tom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know, my, I swear to God, I must be a I could walk into the, what's the house? Palmer, Palmer House. Palmer House. I literally could hear the ghost go, oh, that prick. <laughs> <laughs> and they just oh, go and they go, go hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't, yeah we're not, I'm not coming out for him. We'll, we'll take, we'll take. That'd be a good feeling, though, at least. To go, I heard you. <laughs> yeah, I heard you. I heard you. They could kick you in the God, all I want. <laughs> we should take Tom ghost hunting for Halloween. That's I what should. We should. Oh, I oh, should do cool. that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Honest to God. JB, you want to go? No, it's okay. <laughs> Big baby. Being that I would be the first to go, 
if something oh, yeah. happened. Oh, you yeah. attacked a black man? <laughs> hey, that's yeah. changing in horror movies and stuff. People are aware of the, the stereotypes. I don't think it's like the movie. the greatest, though. You're looking at the whispers back they brought a black guy. <laughs> All the ghosts are whispering to one another. Yeah. Hey, phenomenal. I'd love to hear that. I mean, it's just like the guy in the red shirt on uh, Star Trek. You know he's... Oh, he's dying. Uh, yeah, he's the first yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, don't be beaming bad. down in a red shirt because you're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. Hold on. I got to go change my shirt. Yeah, I, gotta change. Yeah, right. I can't beam down. God, I wish you could beam. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Where mm-hmm. would you go? Uh, right now, go to the grocery store, West but Palm. faster. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go to the grocery store, grab some stuff. Yeah, beam back. Cool. Beam back. You know, you lose like one two hundredth of your life every time you beam, and you went to the grocery store. It was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. Hey, there was a special on bacon. I had to do it. Yeah, that was all there was to it. I, you know, I. Uh, do you have any interest in that kind of stuff, like the paranormal and the ghosts and all that stuff? Yeah, I have interest. Yeah. I have. I mean, I. I think I'm more on the skeptical side. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm open to it. I, if I, I'm ready. If I saw it to like, you know, when people have those stories, sometimes when they're rubbing crystals and telling you, you're like, eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, that, yeah. <laughs> but so right. often there are people that are like, I'm not normally one to believe this, but here's what happened, mm-hmm. and I love that story. Mm-hmm. And I'm That's into called it, like, a skeptical believer. Yeah. That's what Dave is. You know, he doesn't believe everything's paranormal. He right. tries to. Right debunk or try and figure out if there's a logical reason for this happening Mm. so we always go through that kind of stuff too but yeah the experience if i had i have no way of explaining them other than they were paranormal does it make you feel like the world we live in is totally different defined by different laws and things like that Mm -hmm. that's a cool feeling honestly i mean like dave has this theory too it's like uh, like a time slip type of thing like are who's haunting who are we haunting the future Mm. Or it's a little deep. Well, yeah. Well, That's if you think deep. about, he's like. I thought deep. Dave was a dope. If you think Dave's about it, friend, you have three kids sitting on a couch. All of a sudden, they see this ghost figure of an old lady walking through the living room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you reverse it, you know, let's say she has an experience where yeah, she sees three ki- three teenagers sitting on her it's couch. It's a dimensional yeah. thing. That's yeah. true. So it's It'd like a dimensional thing. It's That's an, a good that. point. It's an unknown thing. I like the unknown. I like to kind of delve into that kind of stuff and go down that rabbit hole. So it's fun. I don't believe everything. Right. You know, especially. Well, Dave doesn't either, though, does he? No. He's a skeptical yeah, so. believer. Those are fun things to think about, though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you, yeah. If you yeah, watch are. Westworld with kind of the AI component or the virtual reality yeah. aspect, mm-hmm. and if we were in this world where they rewrote the code and like cleaned it out, oh, I thought we cleaned that old lady out of there. Now mm-hmm. some residual code stayed, yeah. and now we're seeing her, like, or at least a hologram a of her kind of come at. down. Yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it. It absolutely is. No, there's well, different... that's basically genetics. I mean, there's shadows of people who lived tens of thousands of years ago. You know, their DNA is part of someone's DNA, and mm-hmm. that there's some specific behavior that a person now has that started because of, you know, that person hmm. thousands yeah. of years ago. That's why I'm so forward. Oh, you would make a fun ghost, Tom. I'd make a fun ghost? Yes. You yeah. wish I was dead? Is that the idea? No, no, no. God, I wish you were dead. That's like, great, thanks. No. That's a great dead. t-shirt. I wish you were a ghost. <laughs> I wish you were a ghost. In other words, I wish you were dead. But other than that, I feel really good about it. Everything was going really well. No, I, when I was four, my, gra- my great-grandmother died. She was 104 years old. She was a little tiny woman. And, and I did see her at the end of my bed, but I didn't know she was dead. Oh, Because she lived up north or whatever. So I was in bed, and she was standing at the end of my bed. You know, I woke up, and I saw her there, and she didn't really say anything. She was looking at me. And then I went back to sleep, and then I woke up the next morning and found out she was dead. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that was. Well, that's <laughs> actually very common for family. Oh, it is? Especially for family members. Right after a passing, a lot of times they'll say, like, in a dream or something, their family member that passed away will come and visit with them and just to yeah. let them know they're okay. Type of thing. Oh, Just yeah. before I go, I want to really <laughs> scare Tommy. He's only four years old. Let's scare the piss out of him. I mean, well, you think about it, her impression that could have been. A little bastard just went back to sleep. What am I boring? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, God, 
the hell is that? Just the dozes off. I when I when I ghost hunt, I just treat the ghosts as if they're living people because they were people. Right. Well, you watch these shows; they ask the same questions: Who are you? Yeah. How many are here? Know. You know. And can you imagine being a ghost and hearing the same damn questions? So, what do you ask? Over? Like, do you like soup? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I just all ask basic, basic questions. You yeah. know. You know. I'm not like. How old are you? And I, I just talk to them, ask questions like I'm meeting somebody for the first time. What do you call? What do you call those people again that te- like can read your mind? I mean, they're not mind readers. They psychic. have some psychic. Yeah, the psychic. I like it when they go, "Ah, uh, your mother." Yes, I can see your mother. I'm getting the name Phyllis. No, her name's Pauline. Yeah, it starts with a P. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. It's called cold yeah. reading. Yeah, and oh, it's called. Yeah, uh, they're very good at that. I guess. Yeah. I know, oh, yeah. and it's amazing how. People, when they're getting a reading done like that and they're getting a cold reading, they don't realize how much information they're giving the psychic mm-hmm. to co- oh, come I back. Suppose, and then yeah, they're I like, suppose that's true. And then they're like, oh, my God, they were so spot on. It's like, yeah. do you realize what you told them you already told and your responses? <laughs> that's yeah. kind of gold, But that's it? A, that... You know, it's like it's like a an illusion. Like it's magic. Yeah, it's I, was watching, trick. I will say I was watching forensic files a while ago. I'm real into that. I love forensic <laughs> so good. Because they, they always that. get them. People always go like, Oh, you're such a creepy watch that like it's a show you know going into they're going to catch the person and justice yeah. is all yeah. it's great. <laughs> but one of them and they just like very briefly touch on it and then at the end they kind of put a little disclaimer like no one knew how this happened. They're, the case is dead. It's a cold, cold case. And then a psychic out of nowhere goes, I think you should dig over here. And then there was no way they could tie the psychic in any way to having anything to do with any of the people involved. Mm-hmm. They went and dug and found remains, really? found a DNA sample, caught the person. It couldn't, couldn't in any way tie the psychic to mm-hmm. press any level of charges. They just put a disclaimer at the end. No one could ever explain how this person knew. And I was like, you don't see that a lot. Yeah. No. yeah. yeah. So how, I, do they think it, how does that happen? It's some, I, I believe some people are truly psychic, and I mean, there are obviously, there's a ton of scammers out there, but... Yeah, there are a ton of scammers, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I know a couple that are really psychic, and they're really good at what they do, and mediumship, too. And mediumship and psychic are kind of the same thing, but yet separate. Like, when you're talking to a psychic, you keep your hand on your purse. <laughs> yeah, I would. Because a lot of them are just. I just plug my ears. Yeah, not, blah, 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 not getting blah, blah. my thoughts. This is where they leak <laughs> out. Psychics, they say, okay, if you want to put them in a the category, psychics are supposed to tell you your future and insight on your life. Oh, yeah, okay. And mediums are ones that can contact the other side for you. My, but usually they put the two together. My mom and my sister are both very into Monica the medium. And it's embarrassing to me. To <laughs> that I don't know what she looks like. I want to say she has dark hair. Oh. No, the blonde hair? one, that's uh, Teresa something or Teresa other. Something. The Long Island medium. Yeah, yeah, right. That yeah, one, yeah. Is it like I, Teresa Caputo or something Some like that? Typical Dago. Oh. <laughs> Ty Cobb reference. <laughs> Ty Cobb, there you go. Right there. Very good, David. Very, very good. A Ty Cobb reference. God, you got to see that movie. Yeah. It's uh, first of all, Tommy Lee Jones is phenomenal. It's just called Ty Cobb. It's just called. I think it's just called Cobb. Yeah, okay. it's called Cobb. It's just called it. Cobb. And Tommy Lee was perfect was for that role because <laughs> he's kind <laughs> because of he's a, a brick. That's yeah. Right. So we're down in a uh, down in West Palm uh, a couple of years ago, and he he lives down there with and his wife is uh, Japanese, so they always go to this one sushi place. It's really really good. And he's sitting over in the corner with his wife, and this about 15-year-old boy is all excited because he sees Ty, you know, Ty Cobb. He sees Tommy Lee Jones sitting over there. As he walks up to the table, Tommy, he's about five feet away, and Tommy Lee Jones looks up and goes, yeah, I know, you love my movies. Ooh. Oh, come on, man, really? He's a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. What are you doing? And I haven't cared much for him ever since then. I worked at this Western store in Reno, Nevada, um, the best D bar M. If you're in town, go and stop where the Cowboys shop. D bar M is an institution. It's fantastic. But they told me the story. And this is before I worked there. But they told me the story where, like, one day, you know, people are kind of filtering in and out. But it's slow. It's the summer, and uh, a guy keeps coming in who's got like an earpiece, almost like a CIA guy. Oh yeah. And he looks around the store and he just hang out for a bit. And he just waited until there was no one in the store, and then he disappeared. And then he came back in the store, like opening the door and looking around. And then Tommy Lee Jones came in. And then everyone was kind of like, 
and then he refused to talk to anyone. I know. It's People, unbelievable. It was just so weird. Like, you can't go in and mingle with anyone. And even the staff, like, can I help you? He would just blatantly ignore them, walk right past them. i got to be honest with you. He did that to me. I'd be going, hey, nice complexion. got <laughs> <laughs> to take a shot at him, right? Hi, I'm a, here on behalf of Clearasil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cassie, do you have that picture? I was talking to David yesterday about the Dennis Hoff picture. Oh, I'll look it up. If you oh, could find God, what did I they will do still never forget. I, I don't know where they even got the damn picture because I don't look anything like him. <laughs> but I'm going to I didn't know you owned a horror house. I mean, come on, man. Well, that one picture of you. Yeah, everyone kept saying it was the one angle. Yeah, so it was one... like for yeah. some reason. It was, he's wearing like an HBO hat or something, didn't he? Because I think they were doing the dream, what the hell's the name of it, the horror house? Yeah. Thing? Was it, bun- I thought it was Bunny Ranch. Bunny Ranch. I think it was a Bunny Ranch. Yeah. I was like, horror house. That's not like my grandfather now. <laughs> Got horror house down the block. I'm like, okay, grandpa. Whatever. Yeah, I'll find a picture Okay, of you. Uh, if you can find it, I want to show it to David because I don't look anything like him except for that one picture. It's weird that the Bunny Ranch took over because growing up in Reno, the Mustang oh. Ranch the Mustang, was synonymous oh, yeah. forever. Then, so they were like this little upstart and they slowly overtook the Mustang Ranch. But everyone when I was a kid was so familiar with the Mustang Ranch that one time I was at a gas station. I'm 16, barely driving. And this dude showed up in a convertible white Mercedes. And he's also wearing white like Miami Vice gear. Oh. And he's clearly a tourist, a lot of chains and stuff. And he gets out and goes, hey, man, do you know where the Mustang Ranch is? And I was like, why would you ask me? I'm 16. Also, it's that way. <laughs> See, that's very funny, actually. We'll take a quick break. Be right back, ladies and gentlemen, with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from clients submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the Nutramost Weight Loss Programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Hendrix on a Friday. Love Jimmy. Oh, wait a minute. Did he die today? Did he die on December 6th? Or September 6th? I don't know. Jimmy Hendrix died in September, I know. Did I have another one of those? Oh. The 18th? Okay. So it's 12 12 days. God, has he been dead now for almost 50 years? Oh, my God. Next year. 1970, yeah. He died 49 years ago. Oh, God, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> you know, I before I do die, though, I, I do want to go to a horror house. And, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, let's see that photo. <laughs> Let me see that photo. Hey, Dennis Hoff here. I come back from the dead. No, that's so. Tell me about growing up in Reno has got to be interesting because you got, you got casinos, mm-hmm. you got whorehouses. Yeah. <laughs> so that's got to be an interesting way to grow up, I would think. I think so. I always, I always paint the picture that is the thing I forget about the quickest and then go, oh, yeah, that's such a Reno thing you don't deal with anywhere, which is they had slot machines everywhere. So the idea of going oh, yeah. into a grocery store, yeah. going into a 7-Eleven, and you'd walk in and just hear ding, 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 yeah. and just see an old lady with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth full of ash just slumped over hitting the button <laughs> you, you, no matter what age you are you can yes. look over and be like that person is wasting their life yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's so sad And then, but there's a weird like awareness with that where the adults would be like just keep that in mind keep that image in mind yeah. I don't think you want to do that so not a lot of locals grow up and get into gambling and go into the mm. casinos because you bet. see it you're yeah, just like I, I want to get the hell away from that Yeah. so it's a lot of people that come there and then 
ruin their lives. Just God, you know, spend their so last paycheck sad. or their mortgage. Or yeah. a lot of homeless people are like, "Oh, I came over from Bakersfield to have fun. I just I've been here." There are those type of stories. They're homeless in Reno because they lost all their money. These are the stories you hear. I mean, I, I can't say that I sat down with a homeless person first Ugh. person and like <laughs> heard that, but you would definitely hear those type of stories. That it was weird. Yeah, it was strange. And then it had a really weird dynamic with gangs and stuff like my high school wasn't too far because a lot of people from like la and places that have san jose had a head gang um population they'd be like i gotta get my kid out of this Um, and they could get a job in the casino they'd move over but -hmm. then the gangs just continue just in a different neighborhood so we'd have like helicopters flying over certain areas even though it's kind of a small town at the time it still was just a weird place to grow up so i always tell people now like it's much more similar to like Denver and places like that that have lakes and it's high mountains and skiing yeah. and there's so much cool stuff there now. It it's is not beautiful. all yeah, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. If there that weren't is. the gaming aspect, it would be one of the most populated places in the country. I but you don't have to pay income tax, so that's good. It's still the Wild West in a lot of ways. It is still yeah, that that is true. Yeah, yeah. The, like if you own a home warehouse space, Amazon has a ton of just you'll just drive in some of the rural areas giant buildings with no windows on them with fences around them with like armed guards outside <laughs> and that's oh, all the server farms yeah. that's all so those oh, are like yeah. you know oh, they're yeah. heavily protected i can see that to be true yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to drive past like what the <laughs> hell is that how far is reno from lake tahoe there's your picture that's the one that everyone compared the two here i can unplug I mean, it in. what the hell no you don't think that guy looks like I me? could see in a passing yeah. glance where someone would be like, but yeah, I don't, no, I don't see it. You don't see it? No. A lot of people thought it was me. When you were heavier, mm. you looked more like him because mm. he's, lo- he's got that disappointed look. Like I don't <laughs> 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 Maybe that's what it is. You know, it's like, oh, shit. So how far is Reno from Tahoe? It's not that so far. So we incorporate our airport with the Reno Tahoe Airport. Yeah, yeah. So we throw yeah. that Tahoe name there. Because it really is. It's only about an hour away. It's driving. about an hour. Yeah, it's pretty thought, quick. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's all like windy mountain roads. Yeah, if you go up like Geiger Grade, it's which I had a construction job Geiger up there one Grade. summer. God. And I would like fall asleep driving that. Oh! These windy roads. Oh, sorry. Just <laughs> 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 like, swerve over. Yeah, like Because I had to be up there at like, you know, six or seven in the morning. I was exhausted every day and I was sanding decks. I had to stand there with like a grinder <laughs> oh, with a sanding God. pad on it and just like wear myself out, just exhaust myself and then come back every day. So, like, yeah, I nearly killed a number of people driving up that road. <laughs> well, you know, it's good. it happens. But I didn't hurt them. I didn't hurt okay. Was the fact that you grew up in Reno part of the reason you were attracted to doing comedy? I mean, because all the headliners <laughs> would come there, right, in Tahoe or Reno, I would think. Yeah, kind of, but two parts. Like, my mom took us to the club when I was pretty young, and they were all the hackiest. I mean, some of the they'd be 75 years old doing yeah. the oldest, hackiest jokes, like stealing openly, like, Dad, take my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> we would leave, like, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh. But, it, but sometimes an opener would come through or someone that yeah. was hustling, and they were good. And they'd make, especially, we're 15. My sister and I'd be cracking up, like, well, that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was more. Stand up was just way less saturated then, so you couldn't get exposed yeah, to it I as see. easily. There wasn't. You know, YouTube even where you could you had to like every now and again we'd we'd get accidental cable and like MTV would come in and we'd accidental see accidental cable. Do you ever get that? Do you remember no, that? No, we had an accidental old accidental cable. <laughs> we had an old Curtis Mathis, which was like a wooden TV sure. with those like silver sure. metallic buttons. And just as kids, we would just like run our fingers down at checking all of the buttons because mm-hmm. we had two, four, and eight and like Fox. But every now and again, one of the lower buttons that would say, like, UHF would suddenly be MTV or HBO. Really? Just out of nowhere. We'd be like, it's happening. <laughs> we don't know why. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> so we'd stay up till all hours and just watch everything. Def Comedy Jam and uh, MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour. And then that made comedy a, a lot cooler. So that's, that was the first thing that made me like kind of want to get into it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean... It, it, all that entertainment because there were a lot of great singers and stuff that came through that. Oh yeah, with the French shows are Kelly, fun. Even all that. Yeah, I mean, I saw the at the circus. Circus, they used to have one of those metal balls where motorcycles would ride yeah. around the side of it. Yeah. How cool is that as a kid to go see? That's got to be a <laughs> did, So, did you think that's how the whole world was? I thought you were born in those spots. I didn't know like the idea of open mic. I thought like, oh well, that you're just born and then you put on like a sequined corduroy jacket <laughs> and you're just in showbiz i'm wayne newton yeah, yeah. i didn't i just it, and i got to go see wayne newton one time when i finally got oh, into did? comedy 
people, women are just openly crying the whole show. It's the strangest phenomenon to watch Wayne Newton, who at this point, and this was like 10 years ago, his voice was gone. So he just walks oh. around the stage talking to people, but he's a phenomenal magi- musician. And he, he is? he's an amazing storyteller. He's a showman, yeah. and he plays like every <laughs> instrument. So he'd walk around like, you probably heard this one. You might remember it from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then, but, and then, right, everyone starts to get all excited. And then he'd go, but I'm going to have my friends sing it if that's okay. And you could hear the crowd kind of go, but then this young person would come out and then he'd go, give a hand. And they'd go crazy. They'd sing Donka Shane, but then he'd pick up, play the piano, play the violin, play the saxophone, play the guitar, rip the hell out of a guitar, mandolin. He just plays everything. I never knew that. so good. Yeah, I just found out, as a matter of fact, about I don't know, about a year ago. He still listens to the KQ Morning Show. Really? Yeah, he like tunes into the KQ Morning <laughs> Show. Like, he seems like a delightful human well, being. He's a very nice guy to talk to. I talked to him a couple of times. He's a very nice guy. You the know, greatest he, merch table you could ever find in your really? life. <laughs> <I just laughs> See, he really? He not only sells like all his albums, <laughs> pictures of him, then just like ashtrays. Calendars, bookmarks, keychains, pictures of his horses. Oh, yeah, he's a big in horses. (laughs) Just a picture of a horse and says, Wayne Newton. It's the biggest, it's probably 30 feet long, filled with all that stuff. And people line up. Yeah, he's got the most devout fan base I think the world's ever seen. I I do. Yeah, I mean, he's, is he a Branson act? He must go through Branson once in a while, I would think. He may have retired. I mean, his voice was... Really? I don't even know if he can speak anymore. Oh, he had all that plastic bad. surgery. It might have been something in there. Yeah, you might be right about that. Yeah, I yeah. hope he can still play, at least, because he's, he's really good. God, I, I wish I would have been in the room when he came to Los Angeles and threatened to beat up Johnny Carson. <laughs> that is one of the greatest <laughs> stories I have ever I've heard. I've never heard this. Oh, you haven't? No. Really? Oh. For some reason, Johnny Carson, and I think it was Pat McCormick, who was his head writer at the time, that didn't like Wayne Newton. Mm-hmm. So he kept putting, giving Johnny these Wayne Newton jokes. <laughs> and I guess Wayne was in Vegas at the time. Mm-hmm. And he decided to drive over one night and challenge Johnny to a fist fight. <laughs> no. I mean, it's a hell of a story. If you, you get a chance, just, yeah. Next time you sit on your computer or on your phone, whatever, I'll check it, it out. It's really interesting. I love how history flips things around sometimes. He's a running joke every night on that show. And then I see him and I feel like way different. I love Wayne Newton now. Yeah, and yeah. Johnny Carson was an abusive drunk. Yeah, he, he was. not a nice guy. No, he was not a nice guy at all. Although, after having that mother, yeah. uh, God, that's a tough road. I, I don't think people know this. But uh, Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes was going to interview Johnny Carson's mother, and I think she was still living in Nebraska at the time. And they watched the opening monologue live on 60 Minutes. So, so and obviously the show's taped in 60 mm-hmm. Minutes on a Sunday, but they had not seen it. So, so she watched it for the first time with Mike Wallace live on 60 Minutes. Johnny, her son, finishes his monologue, mm-hmm. and she says to Mike Wallace, that wasn't funny at all. <sighs> it's like, oh. Mom! He and but I feel like there's a flip. Set, even the the uppercut punch that knocks you out if you're Johnny Carson's ego or emotional state or right. whatever you know the ability to feel love. She dies, and I I'm thinking of the documentary. I, I may be confusing this with a. But I'm 90 percent sure this is the case. Go into her closet, find a box, open it up, full of newspaper clippings yep. about his yep. successes. Yes, that's exactly oh. right. Oh, how do you? He's got it. No wonder he just ended his life sailing around on that yacht, kind yeah. of by himself. Yeah, he had a big ass, big ass boat, and he would sail around and drink. Apparently, mm-hmm. smoke cigarettes. Smoke cigarettes yeah, yeah, that's what I had heard. I, I just, I don't know. It's he, he changed that whole business. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody kind of follows his lead yeah. to this day, and they're not as good as he was. No, but he was really good at that job. Yeah, and Ed didn't hurt by the way. What's that? Ed didn't hurt that show. No, Ed yeah. was damn good, too. That but. was, I mean, that when is that going to exist again where there was a central thing that everyone tuned into where, like, that it's was where again. everyone hung out. Yeah. It was everyone you'd want to, you didn't have podcasts and things back then. If you wanted to see, like, Burt Reynolds talk or something, you kind of, that was the place. I was talking to, uh, oh, who the hell is it? Norman, Nor, did Norman Fell do Happy Days? No, no, it was Gary, uh, uh, um, oh, Jesus, I can see his, he's the guy who said in, uh, Living in America or lost in America. Well, this, he's a car dealer. Oh, Jesus, a very famous guy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't you matter, can whatever. keep giving us clues. <laughs> I only got was he a writer on Happy Days? He was a chief producer. He was a head producer. Oh, okay. Of, I'm looking Happy it up. Days. 
But he's the, he's the one to put Mork and Mindy on the air, too. Oh. And I talked to him one time. <laughs> he's on the show. He's dead now, unfortunately. But it's Gary. Oh, uh, Gary oh, Marshall. Gary, Gary Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, there we go. Very good. So Gary Marshall. Oh, you could have given another clue that he insulted me on Last Comic Standing. Insulted you? Really? <laughs> no, he just—he was very nice, but he goes, "You should stare at the crowd from the front. You don't have a very nice profile." <laughs> <laughs> he said that to you. Yeah. What's wrong with your profile? I don't know. Nothing wrong. But with then your I profile. walked off stage like crab walking, so I didn't <laughs> expose. Right about that. Basically, I was like, "Oh yeah, Gary Marshall," and David goes, "Yeah, fuck you, Tom." <laughs> <laughs> it was phenomenal. Like, yeah. But he, yeah, he—he, he, I was talking to him about. Because you don't pay attention to that now. But he said, you know, I, I, I that, that whole Market Mindy thing was really unbelievable. I mean, we used to draw 70 million people a week. I'm like, what? Yeah. 70 million people a week watch that show. You'll literally Someone, never see that again. Never going to see it. Someone that told again. me recently that, um, I can't want to say Singleton, it was Jonathan Silverman had a show in the 90s called The Single Guy. If you recall yep, that, yep, I do remember. It was yep. canceled because during one season they dropped to 18 million viewers. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl now. For a comparison, yeah. yeah, it's the Super Bowl now. By by comparison, the number one show this week on broadcast television drew nine million viewers. Yeah, that's number one mm-hmm. show, nine million. Wow. So that one did twice as many and got canceled because yeah. it wasn't enough people. <laughs> <laughs> God. But that's uh, that's the difference, man. Uh, making it back then must have been a bitch. There was yeah. nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Do you do the uh, late night shows? Because I don't ever get a chance to watch a late night show. No, I've I mean I've sent in tapes, and then there was a year where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do one of these, and then everyone retired, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Jay Leno's gone, Leno's Huntsburgy, we want to come, so I'm I'm out of here. Forget it. <laughs> Yeah, I always wanted to do Conan. I sent them tapes a bunch of times, and like I know the Booker guy, and we're friendly, but I just it never has worked out, which has always surprised me because I always thought I would sync up pretty well with them. But I've never done a late night set. Do they do comedians still? Yeah, even though it's a thirty minute show, they still do them once or twice a month. I think. Oh, do they? Yeah, they have quite a few. Because I mean, Johnny Carson, you got it on Johnny. Like you know, Louis Anderson talks to me all the time. When he he went on Carson, it changed his life forever. Yeah, I mean, he just went on there and. Carson liked him, and that was it, man. That, that changed everything. There's nothing like that anymore. No, no. There. I did Mark Maron's podcast. That was oh, one yeah. of the, yeah. the few things that kind of bumped it like that. Last Comic Standing was pre like Twitter and things that you could have a tangible yeah. like people following. I you. liked that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all right. You know, I, it was a, you would notice like the jump in your website visits as opposed to now you can see like new Twitter or whatever yeah, followers. Yeah. It was just prior to that stuff. But yeah, like I don't. I mean, think of how many people have done late night sets. I had a late night show technically, yeah. and we had about two hundred thousand viewers, and were canceled. And now there are shows that be like, boy, if we had that, that'd be great. I know that's the amazing thing about mm-hmm. it. It's uh, yeah, the world's totally different. Tonight, two shows. Tomorrow night, two shows. Right, Pally? Yes, sir. Great Love to, to see, see people you. out. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, guys. Oh, it's really wonderful of you to come in. It's nice talking to you. And I'm sorry you had to put up with more at all all morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but other than that, nah, speaking a- of last comic standing. I, I asked him uh, this morning, I said, explain Dad Fan to me. He said, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't explain it. I don't. We'll talk to you next week with the family.